Hello, this is Lisa Wilcox from Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master, and Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child, along with some other TV shows and films. And I want to welcome you to the Midwest Monsters Podcast. I'm excited. I'm sorry. I picked this topic. I love this movie. That's a scary movie. It's a scary movie. And it still affects me just the same. I cannot put that on. I gotta tell you, something about this movie worked for me. I was like, it rocked. So, I mean, that's kind of, that's debatable. But, I mean, it's a great movie. That, you know, it's my right as a viewer, as somebody who spends my money and time to go watch these films, to have my opinions and be disappointed. But that's what I love about about this group doing this podcast right now is that on so many pages <laughs> we're like right there with each other. But then I mean it, it's it's almost inevitable that uh, you know half the time we're going to go you're out of your mind. You are out of your mind. I'm sorry about <laughs> that. Welcome to the Midwest Monster Podcast. And now here are your hosts. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to an episode of the Midwest Monsters Podcast. But not just any episode. This is the 100th episode of the Midwest Monsters Podcast. How do you guys feel about that? Yay! Yes. I am one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I'm joined by... Professor Wagstaff. Venomous Vin. Hi, Tony. And Rybones. So good to be with you, folks. So good to be with you through so many episodes. A hundred episodes. It may not seem like much, um, because some of these rich people can afford to do a, an episode a week. We can't do that. We can't do that. We're all working class men's, and um, it's it's been a long time. It's been a long ride. Four years, Professor? Four yes. years? Yeah. Yep. Four and a half. Four and a half years. Does a hundred mean you're picked up for syndication? Um, I wish it did. I wish it did. <laughs> we're no, uh, we're no mash. We, uh, we, we keep hoping to be a competitor to Mark Marin, um, but it's just not going anywhere. <laughs> you know? Um, at least we know what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, bazio. He's never prepared. Yeah, uh, like not for John Carpenter. That's for sure. Um, so, uh, you've heard, uh, in episode 98, episode 99, we're, uh, we regret that Mad Chan is not with us as we revisit um, episodes from the past. We have revisited Halloween. We have revisited Friday the 13th, both franchise episodes. And now we come to the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. We've done it in the past, and now we're coming back to it so that you can hear that if Professor and I have changed our opinion, and you can also hear uh, fresh perspectives from uh, our <clears throat> new three consistent hosts in the new rotation model. So, and I promise this is the last time I'm going to mention rotation because you should know by now, you should know that it's a rotation of hosts. So hundredth uh, episode, anybody want to share any thoughts before we get into uh nightmare on the street? Um, anything about the, the podcast over the last hundred episodes, highlights, high spots, moments you liked, uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, uh, it's been quite a ride. I've uh, seen it through some uh, important outside life events for 
us in different capacities and um it's been fun having reasons to buy more movies and oh yeah watch more and movies. watch more movies um a particular highlight was when Adam Green took the time to listen to one of our episodes and wrote and uh, teetering on a novel response to it on the blog. So, but I mean, that's just one of many, just one that jumps out quickly. It's, it's, it's been a blast so far and here's to many more. Absolutely. Would you all say that, um, that the podcast has given you cause and occasion to watch films that you probably would not have checked out? Absolutely. 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 Oh man, awesome. that, that, the turd April Fool's Day one. <laughs> Which, <laughs> I'm going to say, though, I would never watch those movies, so it's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's it's something I do like about, like, we complain about some of the, the real shitters that we've watched before, but it's funny to say, well, I wouldn't have watched it, so it's funny to have a reason. Well, movies like The Wailing, that's not something that probably would have been on my radar otherwise, but because it was a, an assignment for the podcast, I watched. I watched it and I loved it. Yeah, and awesome. I probably wouldn't have, probably wouldn't have watched it otherwise. Well, hopefully that's the case for a lot of listeners. Sure, sure. And I love that uh, professors pick some films like uh, Society and Street Trash, like these uh, pretty standards in the circles that we run in. Um, I, I'm not saying I'm crazy about the films, but right. it's just like a chance to watch some bonkers movies that I would not have normally watched. I single-handedly blame this podcast for my drinking. <laughs> and I kind of... Actually, I'm not kidding. I don't want to say I'm actually not kidding. I'm really not kidding. Because about three and a half years ago, you guys asked me to come up and do a Phantasm episode. And I wasn't doing a whole lot of drinking in my life at that time. Well, here we are in this snowball from hell now. and Five minutes later, we're all crying. Yeah, like I... I think I probably drink more uh, and wake up with hangovers way on the regular. So, yeah. <laughs> Glad to have you. Yeah, it kind of kick-started that whole thing. You are welcome, sir. Yeah. Speaking of snowballing, it has fueled my cocaine addiction. <laughs> thought that was going to go a different direction. <laughs> it's cocaine. No, snowball's not just a dance. <laughs> That's not where we were going either. Leave it oh, at that. Oh, man. So, 100... Episode. What? It's nice to be on. I feel like I've been more on the sidelines throughout the beginning. So yeah, it's nice to to be on the side every now and then. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, it's been a true joy to uh, to do so many episodes with the original three, myself, Professor, and Mad Chan, and the fun we've had with that. But it's also been nice to, as time has gone on, to say, hey, let's let's shake it up a little bit and to add the three of you as kind of the. The, the, the new class, if you will, maybe the dream warriors, if Ooh. you will, um, to just shake things up a little and add some new perspectives. So um, I thought it was the dream child. You were all my children. <laughs> That's the one you're going to shit on walking out. All right. <laughs> well, shots have been fired. <laughs> There's a reason bang, bang. this is the hundredth. This, yeah, this is going to be this a highlight. We're done. Episode. Can uh, do we want to do disclaimers <laughs> real quick for us? So yeah, so I think I think if if Mad Chan would have been here, I think probably Friday the Thirteenth may have been our hundredth episode uh, because the three of us are big fans. But what's funny is that the new three are uh, they're they're big fans of Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm a big fan a of Friday too. Oh sure, sure, just... sure. But I'm saying favorites. My yep. bad. I meant to say Fr- favorites. Yeah, Nightmare's my favorite. Franchise. The original yeah. three. 
would definitely say Friday is their favorite franchise. The new three have chosen Nightmare as their favorite. I mean, Ice Cube's all right. And but... tonight, <laughs> tonight, the original two sitting here are outnumbered by the new three. And so Nightmare became the 100th episode. It's highly contentious because Professor and I shat upon a lot of the films in our original episode. <laughs> This is kind of what brought us to these, though, right? Because this is the reason we, why we listen to the podcast, yeah. Yeah. and there was some hatred. Yeah, and to be perfectly honest, I want to get this out of the way now. I went back and listened to the episode <laughs> within the last week or two and was teetering on dumbfounded at how rough we were on it. So It was brutal. I'm, I'm, uh, we're here to take our lashes. We were ready to go I, people's I regret court. Nothing. <laughs> we were ready to go people's court with you guys. Don't, don't, don't. We're the captain now. <laughs> <laughs> So, that being said... The plaintiff. <laughs> so glad to, to be able to, to do the show with you guys. Uh, 100th episode, a lot of cons, a lot of traveling, a lot of fun, a lot of laughs, and just look forward to the next 100. That calls for a cheers. I cheers! Do cheers! Cheers to 100. I went through a lot of whiskey today. <laughs> oh, man. Mmm! I'm full mm, of, that I'm is full a of tasty meat. beverage. Good gravy. So, coming in for the beginning of the 100th episode, Nightmare on Elm Street. What I will just say before I get my piece at the end, one of the finest horror films ever made. One of the finest films ever made. And if it were a standalone film, think if the whole franchise had never followed. Yeah. Think about the way we would talk about this film today. We love this film. And we still put it in very high regard and high praise, if you will, hot toddy. That's high praise. It would. It, we still give it high praise, but just think about if this film would have been it, and not a franchise to follow. How we would talk about this film today? Would we? Would we talk about it in such a high regard if there wasn't the fame that came from Freddy after it, or I, or would it be? Would it be as big of a deal? I think Nightmare can stand on its own. I think I believe it could, but would Freddy would not be in the public lexicon the way no. it is without the, you know. But right. but I think he might actually be scarier <coughs> than than what he, he would be scarier. Yeah, he would I can agree with that. <coughs> so that being said, Nightmare on Elm Street, nineteen eighty four, nineteen eighty four, hot toddy. Take it away. Uh, Nightmare Nightmare one. Uh, so. I remember the trailer for this damn movie. Um, this is sad that I remember all this, but I went to see the movie The Littles. I don't know if everybody remembers that or not. Nightmare was playing at the same time. The tr the marketing for that movie, I was scared because the theater was close to what we were going to see, The Littles. Um, and then home video was still really new. You like you, it wasn't a, it wasn't a cheap market to get into in '84. My neighbors had just bought a VCR. Nightmare came on video. I went over. When I say neighbors, I mean I walked out my door and would walk into theirs. I watched the first half of the movie. I made them walk me home. <laughs> I never finished the movie uh, until a couple of years later. Get these damn dogs off my yard. But, uh, yeah, Nightmare, Nightmare just pretty got me in good when I was a kid. It terrified me. Uh, scary. Definitely. Uh, listeners, if you're wondering about the awkward cadence going on here, uh, 
We're watching uh, Grizzly try and wrangle a miniature dog. <laughs> it's not going well. Uh, but yeah, so the first one had a profound impact on you. Oh, yeah. It needed to be walked home. Yeah, and it, it took a couple years before I, I, I went back and watched the whole movie. Um, probably uh, the probably one and two had been out at that point. And this is a big thing, too. Like in school, I remember, I remember on the school bus, people would talk about Freddy. So you'd hear, like you had to watch these movies because people were just like, oh, you know, Saul... Saw Nightmare on HBO or whatever. Um, when I finally got around to watching it, man, it, it didn't ease the tension because, like, finishing the movie, it's like, yeah, it's still pretty scary. So, my my introduction was my brother is four years younger than me, and he went to spend the night with a friend of his, and the friend's parents took him to go see Nightmare Five. And so what year was Nightmare 5? 89. 89. I was I was 11. So my brother was 7. Uh, and it's I wasn't allowed to watch shit like that as a kid. My, my mom was overprotective. I always say my mom used to make us wear a helmet to answer the phone at our house. <laughs> but, uh, but for some reason, mom and dad weren't been out of shape about it. My brother was Freddy crazy after that. And uh, so dad... Mm-hmm rented some of the older ones and i so even though nightmare five was in the theaters i did see nightmare one first at home on video and he didn't scare me the way michael myers did but it was freddie talked and that's what set him aside from the other slashers of the time is that he spoke and the fact that it was your dreams, it wasn't you had to worry about when you were up and could avoid it. When you're asleep, you don't have the control and Freddy how, how can do get you, not, you from there. How do you not fall asleep at some point? Right. Yeah. So I think that is what uh, initially hooked me about Freddy was A, him being able to speak because I found that to be creepier because Freddy, Freddy was enjoying that he was torturing you before he killed you. Um, but Nightmare One was a very scary film, especially, you know, I was 11 years old when I first saw it. Terrifying. Uh, visually, and just like you say, you can't avoid going to sleep, you know? And a kid's already, if when they're scared, don't want to go to bed by themselves or be in a dark room. You really don't want to go to bed freshly off of Nightmare. So that's why I think I think that the reason Nightmare is my favorite franchise is because of the time that I was introduced to it. I saw Nightmare before I saw Halloween, any of the Halloweens or the Friday the thirteenth. So I think that's why Nightmare has had such an impact on me and why it's my favorite franchise. Okay. Rye Bones. Uh, just a franchise overview? No, no, no. no just, no, just, on, just on the first one. First one. So, so the first one was not the first one I saw. Um, <clears throat> I actually saw it quite a while later. I believe the first one I saw was part four because I got it on VHS as a kid. Um, it wasn't until quite a while later I saw part one. And part one was so very different. It was a darker tone. It was a more serious thing. You know, by part four, Freddy had become kind of the campy Freddy. Um, you know, so it was a, a 
way more dark feel, you know, like Tina getting dragged around in the body bag and all oh, this yeah. stuff. And you're just like, whoa, that's some heavy imagery, you know, because by part four, he had, you know, it, it, he had hit that stride where he would say a pun or something and stab you, you know, or something like that. We still did puns so, in the first movie, but yeah. you, you didn't laugh. But yeah, it was, it was a lot more, it was a lot more menacing. Yeah. Yeah. So the first film overall is, is really more in the vein of Friday the 13th than Halloween as far as the tone, the overall tone of that character. Um, it's, it is different than the rest of the series, of course, but uh, it's, you know, what a way to introduce a character, right? I think for me, um, and I didn't. I didn't say this to begin with because I was doing initial. But later on, like the nightmare compared to the big three, Nightmare on Elm Street is like the mind fuck of all three movies. Because mm-hmm. number one, as a kid, you don't notice as much, but when you get older, they're 15 years old. Like you know, they point out Tina. Like if you watch the news, Tina, 15 year old high school student. So they're young kids that this is being done to. And where Friday and Halloween, they stalk them, and a lot of times it's too late. On Nightmare, they know shit's bad. They know shit's coming. Their their friends are dying, so they know about it ahead of time. They're terrorized yeah. before the kill. So where yeah. where Friday the Thirteenth, you know, usually fuck somebody's out there. Now my my he got me my throat. So remember Elm Street, he preyed on their fear. Absolutely. And and so that to me was like a largely different from almost. Texas Chainsaw, like any movie I can think of where, you know, typically the, the killer stayed hidden and would get you when you least expected it. Where, remember in Elm Street, he was like, I'm coming to get you and you're going to watch me kill your friends. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to use your friends to make it even worse. It's like this shit he did with Tina, like, mm-hmm. to, to torment Nancy. That was, it was just bad. Oh, yeah. I I don't need to change my opinion at all from the first recording. Uh, this is a great film. It's a great film. Uh, does it have its flaws? Yes, and I, I mentioned that in the the first time we spoke. What 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 number was this episode? Uh, episode eighteen episode aired in March of two thousand fourteen. Wow, wow. So uh, yeah, um, you know, there's some silly things like uh, when. Uh, who is it? the mom turns into a skeleton on the bed and then sinks into yeah. the bed? I love the mom. Yeah. Oh yeah, the mom. The actress. Drunk, is great. drunk moms are missing from modern movies. Yeah, we need more of that, right? Wine filled out. Locked. Locked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then when it, like she gets sucked through the door at the end, it's a little weird. That um, scared the fuck out of me when <laughs> I was a kid. <laughs> like looking at it now, obviously you see the flaw in the effect. That when I was eleven years old scared the shit out of me. Nice. I never uh, did like the ending on that though, with the whole like he kind of turns to stardust and falls down and like that. Yeah, seemed a little cheesy. But it's what 1984. So we can do. Professor, anything to say about uh, if your opinion has changed or anything? Nothing has changed. This will always be a horror classic. It's timeless. I mean, it's it's one of the scariest concepts I think ever put to film, ever. Yeah. I mean, and you guys already touched on that uh, with the. You know, you can't avoid sleep. You can't control dreaming. Um, it's a very basic idea um, and something that we have to have as human beings uh, that, that we're completely vulnerable to. And I think, um, you know, and I want to stress it again in this episode like I did in the original one, something I thought that this uh, franchise was very good at is the 
young condition and the bond of friends at that age that I think that from movie one and through most of it, they maintain um, how when you're in high school, it doesn't matter if you have wonderful parents, you tend to lean on friends because you're finding your footing as young adults. And those formative years are very important with the friends that you have around you. And then, you know, sometimes in these movies, it's not necessarily close friends, it's friends by circumstance. But nonetheless, I think that's something very admirable uh, that, that the majority of these films um, does very well and holds on to. And I think is a, a driving force, very vital to the films, has a good energy to it um, throughout. And none of them do it better than the first one. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, visually, and I mentioned this in the original episode, I can remember me and my sister watching um, the first film and watching Tina get thrown around the room. Yeah. And um, I was just thinking that, like, again, I can't think of other films that, you know, because he's playing with nightmares. So when you watch Jason and that stuff. That scene's terrifying. Well, I was going to say, with that, not only did it rattle both of us, but I still to this day think that's one of the scarier scenes ever. I mean, still, when you watch it, there's nothing that ages about that. And, and you and, know how they're doing it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's still scary because it's done so well that when you watch it, you put yourself in the corner yeah. watching her. And watching Tina's boyfriend watch it yeah. happen. It's just like, it's excruciating. It just to and, it. and his death was probably the tamest, but the fact that they're, they know he's going to get murdered and they're trying to save him. Mm-hmm. And, and they're too late. And Johnny Depp's death scene still scars me to this day because I used to be afraid to even like I, you really don't even know what happened to him. He just gets sucked in the bed yeah. and just diced out. I love it. I Lots love of blood. It. Lots of blood. Alright. It's a lot of blood. It's a lot of blood. There's so much blood. Tina! Uh, Tina and, help me. I also kind of think it's fucked up too that uh, because this is like the Sins of the Father type movie Mm-hmm. So you know, if if a kid, if I murdered somebody and my kid came up and started talking about him, I'd have to question it. And the parents never like are like, "Well, we did this to so and so, and we believe you." It's always like you're a little delusional. Like, you know, the parents are are no help whatsoever. Mass denial. Yeah. Well, because I mean, they know they killed him, right. so it can't be him doing it. But but right. how would your child know about it? Right. Fred Krueger. <laughs> They really downplayed in the first film, and I think they touched on it briefly in the Never Sleep Again documentary that, you know, Freddy was supposed to be this child molester, and they really kind of danced around that and said, you know, he's a child killer. Well, well, there was a big case that came out right around when they were filming. But you know what, though? I think even even then, I knew. Yeah, it was implied. Even without it being spelled out, even as a kid, I knew. You know, I mean... Is it isn't it really bad enough to be a child murderer? Well, I mean, yeah. re- regardless, but you can tell just by the way he taunted, yeah, and almost the he's very play. he's very sexual with him yes. too, which yes. which is part of your psychosis as a teen too. I mean, you know, you are kind of very. I, I feel like he uses their sexuality against them quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And speaking of sexuality, should we just roll into part two? <laughs> you got it. Well, that's H A W T. Coming in on Nightmare on Elm Street, Part 2, yeah. Freddy's <laughs> Revenge. Uh, 
I don't want to be stereotypical here, but should we let Hot Toddy go first? <laughs> As a spokesperson. <laughs> well. As a member of the LGBT community. Being that I'm into S&M. <laughs> uh, Nightmare 2 as a kid was to me one of the most... It was, I still loved it, but compared to some of the other ones, it was kind of boring as a child. Growing up, I'm like, damn, this movie should have spoke to me because, you know, like that. obviously the lead character is gay, not just the actor playing him, the character. Uh, there's so many, like, homoerotic undertones in this film. Like, it goes and... His, his girlfriend wants to make out with him, which, let's be real, I think if she saw his tongue, she would have been like, get down here. <laughs> but what's he do? He takes off and he goes to his best friend Grady's room in the middle of the night because there's something inside of him that he wants to get out. Uh, By the way, Grady, old man name. So uh, you know, and, uh, old man Grady. So many, so many scenes flew over, like the S and M gay bar that he's in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Robert Shea. The, the fact that <laughs> yeah. the coach obviously probably likes little boys himself. He always wants those boys hitting the shower. Yeah. Um, the towel snapping. And and I never I'm rewatching balls. it. I'm like, hey. have you ever noticed he in part two until maybe the very end? It's all men that are victims. There's not a woman killed. Even at the party, it's all men. Like maybe a girl got brushed in the in the pool or something, but his targets were men. And I think the fact that he was trying to possess Jesse, the only downfall is is some of the makers of this film that still don't acknowledge that they're just like it was it was a gay movie. And you know the fact that it was Hollywood and pretty much a big deal. But there are still a couple that are like we had no idea why we were filming or why the script came out. Like man, that just it makes you look stupid. Just just admit it. Yeah. Also, one of the primary male screen queens. Yeah, Mark Patton. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to Mark Patton. We all love Mark Patton. And and I'm, I'm we're still eagerly awaiting the the documentary screen queens, yes. which should be soon. And soon. my my nightmare on Elm Street. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so yeah, two two uh, personally is a big turnaround as like an adult. Ry Bones, how do you feel about Nightmare Part Two? Are you getting ready to do the uh, let the music play dance? Uh, you you have to. People either love or hate this one, and you kind of have to do both with it. I I personally like the film, but you have to also look at it as a full franchise and say this one did not adhere to the rules we saw later. It did break a lot of rules. Yeah, it broke a lot of rules that we saw later in the film. Like trying to see. Um, well, I mean, just like he comes out at the pool party, right? I guess that sounds bad, doesn't it? So he, he, How dare you, he, sir? He uh, makes himself known at the pool party uh, where nobody's so, dreaming, uh, nobody's yeah. asleep. Uh, you know, one of the point they were trying to get was he's going to possess him to right. become part of the real world. Right, right. Which, people, people give this movie shit. At every entry, he is in the real world or there's something that shouldn't be there that is. Yeah. At every entry. This is another film like we talked about on the Friday the 13th where I don't think they really hit their stride of what the That's Freddy character was going to be until maybe part three. So part two is like, a, okay, well, maybe this is what the character is. And they, they were taking some chances. They, they still replaced, a continued they replaced, trial run. They replaced Robert England, yeah. too. That shower Early scene on, where he's walking through is not him. Yeah, that's not Robert England. And they were like, we might have made a mistake. Yeah. Because they, they really did try. They're like, it's a guy in a mask. We don't need the same actor. Yeah, and they really did. So oh, luckily, luckily they learned it before the finishing of two. 
And they got Robert England in there. Yeah. That's like when I met Marshall Bell, uh, who plays the coach in it. You know, everybody's getting pictures with him and stuff. And I'm like, I want to get a picture where I'm like in the push up position and you're standing over me like coach, you know, just there's some really cool uh, scenes in that film. And that's, you know, one of them where they're just standing out there getting punished and they're you know doing the push ups and all that. It's a great movie. As long as you know, going into it, it's not going to follow the canon of what the rest of the franchise uh, lays out as the Freddy mythos. But other than that, it's it's enjoyable as long as you look at it from that perspective. Venomous Vinny. Let me clear my throat. I do not care for this one. Because <laughs> uh, you don't like gay people. No. <laughs> because you, sir, are a big uh, No, Rybone's touched on it. I don't care for it because it breaks so many rules of the Craven Bible. Uh, I feel that as a franchise, this one feels out of place. Um, I I hate the Freddy of the pool party bullshit, where you know the teenagers are bigger than he is, and it's why you'll notice in this movie Freddy's glove is missing; it's claws yeah. straight out of his fingers. Yeah. Um. Now, I say that, but I will say I will say these things about it. Um, there are some great special effects in this movie. When Freddy comes out of Jesse's body... That's awesome. <clears throat> that's pretty incredible. Uh, Freddy looks scarier in this movie than in most of the Nightmare movies. Yeah, it's pretty nasty. Yeah. Um, my dislike has nothing to do with uh, Mark Patton. I think he did great in this movie. Let me guess. Some of your best friends are gay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think Mark, Pat- Mark Patton did great, but like the fucking dogs with the masks on them and I can't defend the weird-ass yeah, fucking dance scene. That they blew up that bird with cherry bombs. The fucking parakeet. Like, there's so much shit that just... But Kim I, Myers is cute. What I don't... Now... <laughs> maybe not necessarily then uh, but yeah I just don't this one is one of my least favorites just because it breaks so many rules of the Wes Craven Bible. I, I can see that it, has, it does have some of the coolest effects though and a few of the best one liners came out of this movie like you are all my children now I hate but I hate the context it's yeah. but, but I love but that, that and, and the, the dude that's like like, let me help you. And he's like, help yourself, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's that's my take on two. Professor Wagstaff. You know, uh, historically, I did not like this in the past. Um, but even by the time that we recorded the original episode, the turnaround had begun on this, because I even referenced it in there about the panels that we watched like with Rustler and, and Mark. And and over time, I've started to pick things out of that film that made me actually love it. Like, it's completely a 180 for me. I think Freddy looks the scariest in that movie out of the entire franchise, like visually. Yeah. And he's, like, standing in the hallway there. He looks scary. Yeah, okay. Um, I think that the way that they alienated... 
Jesse was a good thing um, because it's a break from the group, you know, mob uh-huh. idea that we have in so many of the other films. I like that there's more investment into his character because of that. I like, you know, his friends, obviously, he still has a couple people with him and that's, but I like that it's smaller. I mean, obviously, all of, of the other things that we've talked about are important to the film, but yeah, I mean, really not a lot has changed except I've just grown to like it more and more. It's just taken me some time um, just because it never just, it never clicked with me early on because of those differences. Yeah. And, and honestly, I was as, as oblivious as the filmmakers claimed to be early on. I mean, I just never even thought about it. Sure. It was, it was just a sad kid in high school and you liked him as a viewer. So, but I mean, obviously now it's right there and it's a huge part of the film. Right in your face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, Todd, it's... Toddy, did you feel like Jesse was just this little gay kid? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I feel like uh, over the whole experience for me as a viewer going all the way back to younger years, this is the biggest turnaround, but not the biggest turnaround for me since recording. Biggest turn on? <laughs> hey girl, hey. But yeah, this this is the biggest uh, you know turnaround for me on the films over a long period of time because our experiences with them at the conventions alone make it hard not to love this movie more. Yeah. And uh, do we want to share the story about our our uh, autograph we got? Yes. Not, yeah. Not, not yet. Not yet. Okay. Well, okay. We we'll get back to that. Um. So. I was just going to say my piece, um, very similar. Uh, I, I was uh, a little unkind to this film in the the first time we recorded this. this and we weren't brutal episode. on it. No, we weren't. We weren't. Um, but I have come around to this is probably outside. Okay, so if I'm ranking right now, I know I'm jumping the gun. But uh, one, three, new nightmare, then this film for me. This would be my third. Okay, yeah. So this would be my fourth. Um, yeah, I just came around, and part of it is just further understanding the background of it. You know, just like uh, everything that Hot Toddy had just mentioned, and the, the people in the background, and the, putting these things together, and Mark Patton and his history. Um, it was just like, no, I, I understand that it's flawed. It's definitely flawed uh, and as far as following the mythology. But let's be honest. Everyone that we're getting ready to talk about is going to be flawed it, in the mythology. In, in a way, though, like, here's how I... Because it is a possession movie, too. I look at this sure. one as Freddy's a spirit. And so, in each movie, Freddy tries to figure out a way to come back. Yep. So, to me, he was defeated by Nancy. He is now, like, figured out a way to possess this kid. Yep. And so, it's kind of like he's a ghost, which explains a little bit more of... And there's no rules at this point. Yeah. There's no rubric to go off of. Yeah, and, and then, to me, Tilly, you know... I think if they made new movies, if I if I made new movies right now, I would take place between two and three, because there's a large gap between those films that he obviously took off and started really killing kids, because I think then he found the the soul of the children as as the third one we'll talk about. But yeah, yeah. So um, again, building off of all of that, um, I really enjoy this film because it still feels like the first film, the way it's shot. Um, the cinematography, everything about it still feels like the first film. 
and that changes over the course of the next few films. So I like this film. I love Mark Patton. Um, but I definitely hate when he jumps out of the pool. <laughs> I, still yeah. hate the, I still hate the pool party. I still hate the pool party. If that was just a regular slasher film, that probably would have been cool. Yeah. But if you know that you have to be asleep for Freddy, it just... That well, very little, very little has to do with dreams in this movie. Yeah. And just him running around the pool, chasing people bigger than him, going, ah, yeah. ah. Like, <laughs> it's just not scary. I'd be yeah. like, well, come at me, bro. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Somebody pulls out their gun and just Yeah, I've got, a, him. I've got a Glock 19 with your name on it. We're awake, bitch. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so that's my thoughts on Nightmare Part 2. So, let's do a quick side story here. Um, we were at a convention, uh, Horror Hound, in Indianapolis, 2015. 15. Yes, you're correct. 2015, uh, co-host Mad Chan had uh, shaved his facial hair into a mustache, and uh, co-host Vinny had made a lot of fun of him. Made a lot of fun of him. <laughs> and... Uh, and we and somehow uh, we found out that Mark Patton. When we were there, I'd noticed the ones on the table. That's right. That's right. Professor had noticed that Mark Patton had ones on his table uh, that said, "Heard you were talking shit on Nightmare Two, fuck you." And it's a picture of Mark Patton flipping the bird from Nightmare Two. And so he told Chad about it, and this was Mad Chan's moment to get back at Venomous Vinny that weekend. <laughs> And all of us were on board and so excited for this that we go to Mark Patton, we tell him what's up, and Mark Patton is excited to be a part of it. And so, uh, Vinny, how does he sign the 8x10? Uh, I, I believe it says, Vinny, fuck you, Vinny. <laughs> no signature. Yeah. No signature. <laughs> which, which he pointed out, he goes, yeah. he ain't getting my signature. No signature, <laughs> but the icing on the cake is the photo that was taken. So then... Uh, Myself, Rybones, Hot Toddy, Professor Wagstaff. No, I wasn't there for that. Oh, I, I, was, I was there, but not there for that photo. Oh, okay. I was so, doing something else. So myself, Hot Toddy, Professor Mad Chan. Um, Carrie. My wife, Carrie. Uh, Kim Myers. And, and we, we asked if Kim would do it, and Mark said she doesn't do that type of things. And so I was just like, hey, this dude really hates on your movie. It would be funny. And she's like, oh, God, yeah. God, yeah. So all of us, before God and the documentary crew, <laughs> flip off. Uh, not only the, 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 the cell phone cameras, but also the rolling cameras for the documentary. Yeah. And Mark Patton joins us as we go, fuck you, Vinny. Yeah. And the See best you. part is Mark Patton is giving me the finger with the Freddy glove yeah. on. <laughs> so you we know that's I'm, making it in the documentary. I, mean, I, was I hope. Hopefully I we so. were in there. That yeah. your, your hate will be documented I, oh. in the documentary. <laughs> but, now, let's be fair. Like, that's me. They, they, didn't they ask you guys afterwards what my problem was with Mark? Yeah. Yep. And I that's where I did stand up for you. I said, all right, he's not a homophobe. He doesn't hate Mark. He just has problems with the mythology of the film. To which they raise the same points we do. Like, well, the mythology gets, like, fucked with off and on through the whole franchise. I said, I know. But he and it really wasn't him. established at that point. Exactly. Either. So they, they make all these points that we were just making. Like well, if he if he doesn't if he doesn't have a beef with Mark, then we're not going to get a film. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any beef with Mark Patton. I don't have any beef with you. I tweet. I, I, I should have said, "Oh yeah, he hates." Me. I actually tweeted Mark Patton ab after that and was like, "You made my weekend with that." I mean, absolutely made my weekend with that signature <laughs> and that picture. 
So, uh, boy, 40 minutes in, and we've only been through two of these films. We are going to have to pick this up, folks. Unfortunately, we talk about the third one next. I know, right? We're going to waste another 40 minutes Dream on that one. There ain't much debate on it. Yeah. So let's get into Nightmare on Elm Street, Part 3, The Dream Warriors, Rye Bones. Start us out. Uh, my second favorite in the entire franchise. Truth be told, it's probably the best film in the franchise, but my personal second favorite. Um, this one is where they really hit the stride on Freddy. They really set the mythos. Everything that happens from this movie on out is essentially cemented how Freddy can operate and what rules he can operate within. Um, we have a fantastic cast and, you know, some really great, uh, you know, kills in this. You know, we learn about kids and taking Hypnosil to suppress dreams and, you know, Heather Langenkamp comes back uh, as a dream counselor. And, Wes Craven was I mean, involved. It's, yeah, I mean, it really picks up the steam from, from the last film um, and runs forward with it. There's some fantastic, uh, you know, dream sequences, you know, where they're the wizard master and the, you know, bad and beautiful and all that. <laughs> it's so cool. And the, when, you know, Philip is getting walked around like a, like a ma marionette. Oh, man. That to just, me, that's the most memorable part. Oh, of that creeped me out so much as a kid to, to think that, like, your veins could come out of your arms yeah. and be, ugh, it just, that creeped me out. Man. Ew. But uh, <laughs> overall, this film is probably the strongest in the entire series, but my second favorite. Yeah, I think that uh, this one, to me, only rivals... The original movie that's the only like that's the only one that can compete with it yeah. in the series uh this one i think you start to see freddie play more onto your fears on how he kills you in your dreams uh as an added torture you you get a little more of the vocal jokey freddie in this one which i know some will disagree but that is what i like about freddy i like the smart alecky freddy i like the humor mixed in uh to me it just shows how much freddy is enjoying what he's doing um i'm a comedy nerd anyway so that is more of a flavor to me to me it gives freddy more personality than the other slasher icons but uh Three's great. I mean, when he's just preying on your insecurities, on your weaknesses, that the needles for fingers into the ex junkie's arms, yeah. like, and the other okay. thing that I love about this is another. This movie shows also why Nightmare is one of my was my favorite franchise. You can play so much with the kills because they're in the dream world. You can do outlandish shit. And showcase uh, effects on how things are done. That's that's another reason Nightmare is a favorite of mine. Uh, but Nightmare Three is fantastic. I love Nightmare Three. It, it's God. I it sets the blueprint. Easily top ten horror movies that I've ever seen. Yeah. I don't know if I can go top five, but easily top ten. Easily top ten. Uh, number three was the first one I saw in the theater. Um, and 87 for me was, this was like the year that was sparking for me of like, 
like I started ringing the fango and 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 like my dad took me to this one I was you know still kind of scared to, to see these kind of movies but um, it kind of started fueling wanting to go more and more and uh, for me Nightmare 3 is like a roller coaster because it's it's kind of weird you laugh one minute and then the next minute you're really scared because um, he did say a lot of one-liners but not always was it funny or maybe you laughed, but then the next moment was terrifying. Um, What's more iconic than the "Welcome to Prime Time, bitch"? Oh yeah, yeah. right. Uh, really, <laughs> and 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 he played against pop culture because even that scene, like she's watching a late night talk show with with Jaja Gabor, mm-hmm. and Freddie shows up. So I mean, he he taps into like what what a teen would like watch, or, or like you said, their fears and stuff. Um, for me. I feel like I always feel like one is like, well, one's what started it, blah, blah, blah. But three, I think, to me, like, I kind of, it, it's it's definitely, I have to say there's three favorites in the series, and it's one, and three's the second one. Um, just strong movies, and it's it's hard to say over, uh, it depends on the times of which one I like more than, than the other. But uh, this also kind of started, uh, we saw more about the like the first movie was still more reality, but they were dreaming. So when she dies in her room, she's dying in her room. Where this one, um, you know, the first couple deaths are similar to that, but then as we go forward, you know, like, you know, he becomes the wizard master, and so we we are playing more in dreams, which it definitely builds on in the next mm-hmm. chapter. Um, <clears throat> I just think like this was like the iconic Freddy, and. What makes this one different, and I think it became, I think it's part of probably why it's one of my favorite franchises ever. New Line glorified Freddy. Paramount, Jason was the bastard son. Freddy's the house that New Line built. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They weren't afraid to merchandise. They weren't afraid to put him on MTV. Right. Uh, records, Exploited. posters. I mean, the dude was in everything but Tiger Beat. Uh, That's debatable whether he was not in there. <laughs> he might have been. He probably was, but you know, uh, you know, they weren't they weren't afraid to like to merchandising, which is bizarre that you know, kids and stuff would want to dress up as Freddy, but <laughs> Freddy's just such a a crazy villain that. Did Vinny already mention that his brother used to sleep with a Freddy doll? No, had, he has. Oh yeah, I had a Freddy doll. And of course, he's peeing for the sixteenth time because him an old man. Old. Man. Well, we've put down a lot of booze today too. <laughs> Don't don't kill my joke, sir. Don't kill my joke, <laughs> old man. River. But yeah, and I, I think the coolest thing too was the was the fact that we are introduced to like the dream powers and the dream warriors. Yeah. Professor, uh, this one dropped for me since the last recording <laughs> from number one to number two. And if you ask me next week, it'll probably be flip flopped. I I love this film. Yeah. I, I really have no complaints with it. I think it's an interesting cast. Um, uh, Ranging from like guys like <clears throat> you know Lawrence Fishburne and Craig Wasson to you know are having Langenkamp back. I think it's just from top to bottom a supremely entertaining film. Um, the only thing that I would change from the original show is that I think I like the first one better, but it's okay. between these two. Sure. I th- I think this is great enough to compete with with that being an acceptable pick. Over the original, and but. this is definitely one of the best sequels of all time. Oh, I agree. Period. Yeah, agree. yeah. Uh, Vinny, while you were away, um, we were talking about the merchandising of Freddy. Uh, can you tell us about your brother sleeping with a Freddy dog? Yeah, my brother uh, was 
seven or eight, and uh, he was seven. And he had Freddy posters all over his bedroom. He had a talking Freddy doll that he slept with every night. That was my room. And uh, it wasn't until he was eight, a year later, uh, my parents had my youngest brother, unexpected. There were 12 years between he and I. Uh, we call that a blessing, not yeah. a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so my younger brother was going to have to share a room with him, and that's when they made him take all of his Freddy stuff down. But he was Freddy crazy at seven, eight years old, which is ironic, seeing as how this is a child molesting, murdering <laughs> character. But I, nonetheless, I, and and when this movie came out, I was I was remember being Freddy at school for Halloween. Nice. My brother was Freddy with the uh, you could buy that prosthetic. Oh mask. yeah, that's the same mask. Yeah, uh, and he had a birthday party when he was eight, and uh, was Freddy at that one with the glove and the hat and everything. Because I remember being in the third grade in class, like, welcome to prime time, bitch. <laughs> I, remember in kindergarten, I remember in kindergarten, a kid dressed up like Freddy. And, you know, looking back on that, you're like, that is really weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll just say that my opinion has not changed. I love this film. I love all the films with Heather Langenkamp in them. Um, it's so solid. Uh, at the end of the day, yeah, I'm still going to pick uh, the first film over this. But just because it's the original, yeah, you have yeah, yeah. to, you right, know, right, right. Um, laid the groundwork. But this is so good, and this is, but it's interesting because uh, this film is quirky and it's fun, and him preying on your nightmares. Uh, but then, too, it opens the door for what I will later call stupid Freddy, <laughs> where he is just too hammy and too over the top, or that I'll call ass whoop for Grizzly. <laughs> so this is where he does Watch it well whereas later it'll be overdone in my opinion so um yes this film is still the real deal to me still one of my favorites i only own one nightmare shirt and it's it's dream warriors from uh fright rags so the comics yes the x-men number one comic yes. ever. so okay great moving right mm -hmm. along to Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4. The Dream Master. The Dream Master. Oh, by the way, before before we leave Dream Warriors, uh, Professor uh, said something very funny um, about Dream Warriors. Uh, as we all just said, we love Dream Warriors. I love the imagery. I love the poster. I love the Fright Rag shirt that I have. But let's be honest, when they turn into the Dream Warriors, oh, yeah. they get punked Oh, they, they punks. Yeah, they yeah. fun. I call them the dream bitches. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Dream warriors, more like dream. Yeah, bitches. they go out like bitches. <laughs> yeah, they they get. They were expecting the soul of his children. <laughs> it's syringe hands or <laughs> giant wiener, Freddy. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, uh, all right. So now, Nightmare Part Four: The Dream Master. Hot toddy, take it away. One of my favorite movies ever. Oh God! <clears throat> Fuck off! Oh, how it's can about you to get nasty? How, oh, it is going to get nasty. Though. How can you? Shirts about to get ripped so, off. As much as I love three, this one took off. This one, three is great. Let's also not forget we didn't mention this that part three adds to the mythology. Yes, the the the, the son of a hundred maniacs. Yeah, yeah. We so we the get more. Son we get more of that, and then four just took off and ran with it. Four did nothing. It didn't add to the mythology. You shut the at fuck all. up. Tell me how. Tell me how it added. Well, I don't. We know his backstory. What do we need to know more? Do what you got to do. 
This is the you first just th- bitched about Halloween. We knew that he ate Cheerios and it was fucked up. This is the first. I don't film. need to know what Robert England's here's, coffee here's choice was mean. before he killed a kid. But here's how it. Here's how this this added to the mythology because this is the first time we see him able to kill children outside of the original parents' children, right? So <clears throat> it may be weak sauce, whatever. Uh, for me, this movie. Is a nostalgic love because it was the first thing I ever owned on VHS as a kid. Well, I shouldn't say the first thing. It was the first nightmare I owned on VHS as a kid. So I watched it a lot. And, um, and this was the first movie where, like I just said, three touched on it and it built the bridge. But this is the first one where it wasn't just us in this room. Like, he really delved into the nightmares. Like, you know, we had a girl turn into a cockroach. And, oh, yeah. And, and like, the effect that, like, they had three three, maybe more huge FX teams work on this film. Um, it was a little bit lighter in tone, but Freddy was still pretty menacing. And I love the makeup job in three and four. I, I thought this is a I perfect balance. Like, it never became too funny. It, it, it could have been a little bit more scarier, but it's still one of my favorite Freddies. And this is, to me, when I think of Freddy, this is how I think of Freddy is Nightmare 4. Yeah. And it has Lisa Wilcox in it. and She's kind of like my second spirit animal. <laughs> oh, you mean the girl that was supposed to be Patricia Arquette? No, that's Tuesday yeah, that's night. Tuesday. Oh, my Tuesday man. night. Yeah. Patricia Arquette was pregnant, <laughs> and you can't have it all. Where would you put it? Right, Bones. Go ahead. Well, I mean, like I said, this was one of the first uh, VHS tapes I ever had as a kid, and it's particularly the first nightmare I saw. So I do have a nostalgic love for this one. And uh, as I said Dream Warriors is probably the strongest of the films, but this is one of my favorites of the series. Probably because of that nostalgia and you know seeing it a billion times before I saw any of the others. Um, but I love the makeup job in this. I love there's there's little things in this film that I love. You know where Freddy's glove does like a Jaws thing during right before he gets to uh, gets to you know Tuesday night's kill. Um, and the cool thing is if you watch that scene where the the sandcastle blows up. For one frame, one frame, the sandcastle is Freddy's house, and then it blows up. You have to you have to watch it in slow mo, but it's really cool to, to see it. Um, I, I think Lisa Wilcox is a phenomenal heroine of the series. Uh, the cast is is relatable. They're all really you know good kids. You care about these kids. This is a series where we start to see that the kids. Um, that make up the victims essentially uh, have more personality and traits and character development than we see in Friday the 13th where they're just kind of fodder for Jason's machete or whatever. So we get a little more depth with these kids. We get a little more backstory with these kids. We find out what their weaknesses are before it gets exploited by Freddy to kill them. You know, IE the girl who turns into a cockroach we see earlier in the film, she finds one on a, was a pear or, something joey's wet dream yeah all, all that stuff and he exploits those fears that we they kind of lay the groundwork for in the beginning of the film i love this film i'm always going to love this film and i would still marry Lisa Wilcox. And, and something we didn't touch on is one of the coolest returns of freddy is, oh, the is, dog pissing is, on him? Yeah, the, the junkyard. <laughs> like like the body reforming. <laughs> With a dog named Jason? Nah, dog. <laughs> but to be fair, the dog peeing on him, isn't that a dream sequence? Yeah. Yeah, once... After the dog piss, his formation, the formation is cool. The but I can remember cool. even on the old podcast just being like, dog piss. Really? But it's a dream. He pissed fire. It's Freddy's a dream. Back. 
it's and I, I think you guys are forgetting it's it's a nightmare. It's a dream. Not forgetting anything, but it's definitely a difference yeah. in, from what we've seen in the first. But is it any? Uh, but is it any? Is it any dumber than digging up Jason and lightning strikes the bar in his chest? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, to me, it's not. It's it's kind of less stupid. Can you tell me about dream. any classic horror films where they revive a universal monster with flaming dog piss? <laughs> but I'm saying it's a dream sequence. <laughs> They're not trying to copy this film. We actually see a holdover <laughs> of some characters news. from Part Three. Yes. So we see we see Joey, we see Kincaid, and we see um, the actress replaced uh, uh, Patricia Arquette Tuesday night playing Kristen. We see three characters kind of carried over. To this film, and it, that's what I was touching on earlier, is that <clears throat> Freddy's kind of ran out of the original parents who killed him's kids. Does that make sense? Yeah. So now, through Alice, he can kill other kids who had nothing to do with his murder originally. She reach out and, and touch someone. someone. Yeah. Never. Which I, I did mention watching uh, the first one again. I was like, "Is Sergeant uh, Parker?" Was that Kirsten's dad from the first film? Oh, is it? Yeah. Daddy's dead. Yeah, he blew my mind a couple nights ago with that. Really? Wow, okay, yeah. Kirsten Parker. Crazy. Crazy. That's cray-cray. Or maybe he left just because the mom was constantly like, underlay, underlay. (laughs) My favorite thing is when we we actually went to a a convention, me and Hot Toddy and our friend Adam and Chad and stuff, we all went to a convention in Scranton j- just for the Nightmare Forecast. And, you know, while we were there, of course, as usual, we got sauced. And uh, Brooke Bundy, who plays the mom in Part 4, she's getting on the elevator. And we're all in the elevator. And I got a chance as the door's closing to go, Andale, Andale, Andale! And she gets on the elevator. I'm like, holy shit, that's awesome! That was my nerd moment. So. I like it. <laughs> Slick Mini, how do you feel about Nightmare Part 4? Uh... I like I like it. Um, for me, um, I think Freddy's still intact with this one. Um, I admittedly, uh, Brooke Thies, old crush of mine, <laughs> just the ten of us still, style. Still hot. Uh, I haven't met her before, but I'd love to. But I'm almost afraid I'd come off like that, that nerdy perv what guy. What are you doing the first week of August? What? <laughs> Uh, I again. I think that this showcases Nightmare's special effects department with the kills. Her death scene as the Roach. I. Th- you're not going to get a thing like that in Halloween. You're not going to get a thing like that in Friday the Thirteenth. Again, setting itself apart with the type of kills you can do because it's dream. You wouldn't have got it early on in Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Like you know, I think right. Nightmare Three. I think was just like. It built that bridge to, to, to take us there. Um, I don't know, man. I, to me, I, I don't have a problem with this movie. This movie is still a Freddy movie. Um, and the, I get what I'm looking for out of a Freddy movie. And the coolest thing, too, is uh, you know, movies movies stop being universal monsters where they, they, they preyed on the actors and stuff. This is one of the first ones from our generation where Nightmare 4, Robert England was the big, like, he was all over the poster. He was the first name. He was top build. Where in the other movies, it was like Anne, Robert England. Freddie had personality, yeah. and that's why he was the favorite. So at this point, Robert England was the name on all the mm-hmm. all the merchandise and all the posters. So that hadn't really been a thing since like the 30s, 40s, like monster movies. Yeah. 
so that's me. I, I like Nightmare 4. To me, it's still Freddy fun to watch. I get all the Freddy hits. I get all the special effects and cool kills that I look for in a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Um, I like it. Professor Wagstaff. Um, when we originally did this, I, I was harder on this than I was five. And I'd like to flip-flop flap flip-flop that um i have grown to enjoy four much more than i used to um i think that it is a more rounded film than i ever used to give it credit for because i think that it i used to lump it in and to some degree and i know this won't be popular at the table i do think it is a drop in quality for the franchise that doesn't mean i don't think it's good but i think that i used to be really hard on it and i think that part of that stems from the early stages of our podcast where we wanted to generate discussion sure and so like i said at the beginning of this i was shocked when i went back and listened to this how hard hard we were on this just kind of unanimously because at the end of the day i like you know freddie and and the whole franchise but well almost the whole franchise Hmm. but i do want to right off the bat flip-flop four and five because when i went back and listened to that i treated four like this bastard stepchild that they learned from and got better with five and i don't think that i think that while you know we'll get into five i think it has some merits that's where i start to check out is in five and i think that five compared to four is an inferior film so four is not my favorite it's it's not my second favorite, but I've come around on it a lot in the last five years, and mainly from marathon watching. Um, and spoiler alert, I don't even watch part six when I do that. But I have given four and five particularly more and more of a chance, somewhat because of the presence that they have at conventions and your guys' fandom for it. Mike, I agree with these guys on a lot of stuff. If they like that that much... I'll give it another try. So I've watched it a handful of times, really. And I have come around on four. Um, so for anybody who listened to the original episode, I shit on this one and gave more props to five. And I couldn't feel any more the opposite now in comparison of them. So that's kind of where I'm at on it. There's some really great segments um, in four and some things that where my biggest complaint, and I don't know if I've addressed this, Tonight on this episode, my biggest complaint, which is something like, for instance, that Vinny appreciates, is the humor. I thought that as the the franchise went on, that they got a little lowbrow with it, and it wasn't about torment as it, as much as it was one-liners to make the audience. And laugh. I can I can agree with that. And and so that that was part of my problem with it. Now with this. I now am viewing this film and approaching it with more of the surrealist aspect of it and appreciating it for that and not harping so much on the fact that they're not trying to traditionally scare me as opposed to using creative ways to manipulate dreams and be in them. And so I have found more enjoyment in four. And it's not necessarily the biggest turnaround out of these three franchises for me to address, but it's certainly the one richest in conversation. So that's why I've kind of went on ad nauseum about that one, because there's more actual ways to pinpoint why I feel more support and enjoyment for this film. Like, you know, two and Jason lives. It's kind of just like, I really like it. But this one, I can actually pinpoint why 
I was lumping and, and just basically critiquing it incorrectly. So there you go. Gotcha. Now embarrass yourself. <laughs> <laughs> now taking the stand. I think I like this film less than when we talked about it what? in the previous episode. Man. Just doesn't do anything for me. It's okay. You can be wrong. Doesn't do anything. Yeah, we, we ain't mad at you. And when we talk about five, I like five more. We're not on five. I'm defending four. Um, so, <laughs> and the reason why is because if we start introducing a backstory in three, four ignores it completely, and then five picks it back, picks How do you it back feel like up it ignores and enriches it. it. It doesn't talk about it one bit. It don't need to talk about it. We know. So why did you ask me why did I ignore it if you said they don't need to talk about it? No, I said why did you feel that they ignored it? Fight. 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 Not talking about it. Fight. Fight. Do they need to, like, dig it home? Well, if you're going to do it with the rest of the franchise, yeah. We didn't need a nun. Like, we had a Dream Master. We didn't need a nun to, like, fuck up Freddy. What? We had the Dream Master who had all their powers. So a nun's just gonna get in the way. Yeah, all those sweet ninja powers, especially after the guy has a fight with an imaginary Freddy that's invisible. <laughs> let's not. Let I mean. Okay. Let's not oh. act like that's not shit. Okay. Let's like bring up whole shit. Yeah. Why not bring up parts of the film we didn't want to talk about? You know? No. No, because you motherfuckers talk about them in depth <laughs> on the original episode. Bring it back. <laughs> We're doing it live. Number <laughs> four is the diehard of Freddy. Let's not act like there aren't flaws in every one of them. Like that oh, wig when she's doing the nunchucks. Uh, oh, yeah, so it's a dude. Oh, now we all will bring up old shit. All right. I got to throw that out there. All right. So um, I do the same thing when one of my friends die. Nunchucks? <laughs> Put on a wig and absorb our powers? Yes. <laughs> somebody, somebody died and all of a sudden Todd's like, I have the ability to super coupon now. Like, I. It was a really frugal friend of mine died. Oh, that would have been Robert. <laughs> Premium select. So <laughs> I'm just gonna tell you, I just I just don't like this film. I like it less. Uh, I might I might like six better than this. Well, you like what? what? You like. When's the last time you watched this? Oh, oh, Professor. Uh, Let's just stop this podcast. We're gonna sit down and watch this stuff. I can watch this movie ten times a day and never tire of it. In fact, we did that in nozzle. This movie played the entire time we were in Scream. The entire weekend. You like what you like. (laughs) And I don't like it. That's okay. I don't like it. um, Because. We don't all like great movies. Because I like like backstory in this. And once they introduce backstory. How much more backstory did we need? We're being attacked. Freddy had a boiler room. He drove a bus. He fucked up a kid in a wheelchair. He did have children. His mom's a nun. Dead old children. <laughs> Let's take a break. They get fired up. He this man. is the lethal weapon of nightmare. Yeah, the lethal Freddy's weapon. Freddy's getting too old. Shit. <laughs> oh. Still, a there was nothing wrong with the jet lethal weapon. Lethal weapon. <laughs> it's not a Beverly Hills Cop three. Yeah, this is the I like good, Beverly Hills Cop three. This is the Die Hard. It's the good day to Die Hard. Okay, so that's we disagree. One of the we've got a disagreement on four. Let's. I like that Die Hard too. We got to move on. Let this goddamn dog in and move on. I will. Turn the four pugs. He's, our, he's like, this motherfucker don't like Nightmare 4. All right. We need to get Lisa Wilcox to sign up for Abner. <laughs> to Nightmare on Elm Street, Part 5, 
the dream child. Yes. Benny, take it away. This this would be where I I first became aware of the Nightmare on Elm Street because of the incident with my brother being taken to the movies at seven years old. I'm not going to see it. Show us on this Freddy doll where he touched you. Where the creepy janitor touched you. I think five I like because it furthers the backstory of Freddy's origin. He mad. He mad. <laughs> this movie was ahead uh, of its time with the teen mom. It, it furthers <laughs> it furthers the the backstory that we were we were fed for Freddy. Uh, again, visual effects and and practical effects at the forefront of this movie. I that I, I can't say it enough. That is what sets us apart for me. Is the way the way you can do kills in these movies you can't pull off on Halloween can't pull off on Friday the 13th because you can take it into dreams and you can have more uh, absurd kinds of kills. Um, also, again, the humor becomes more prevalent, but to me, without that, Freddy is just another Leatherface. He's just another Michael Myers. He's just another Jason. That is what sets Freddy Krueger apart from these guys. Uh, even though Robert England is under heavy prosthetic, yeah, it's still a face. It still moves. It still emotes. He still speaks. Uh, I like it. I like five. I like it. And and we're talking five into a franchise, and there's only one that I don't particularly care for. Five movies in. I think. Uh... Five I five I was let down from, from three and four, but I still liked five. Um I remember they pushed a big point of like, we're gonna make Freddy dark again. Which I think that Freddy himself did be kind of uh, become a darker character in this one. But he still had the weird one liners. Um I think the like the deaths in this one's a little bit of a letdown. Like uh, it sucked that they killed Dan so early on. And then um, they also censored some of the, like, they, they censored his death and uh, Yvonne. Yes. Or, no, uh, what was the model? Yes. Uh, I can't remember. Greta. Yes. Because um, he actually feeds Greta herself. Yes. Um, which is a weird death scene. Like, And how fucked up is that? And, and, and would we be talking differently about Freddy and not being scary? You know what I mean? And more jokey had that been left intact? Yeah. And... and, and I still like this one. I, I've saw this one so many times. I think the coolest thing for me of like three, four, and five was the directors cut their teeth on these movies, and because they were so out there and visual, like Chuck Russell went on to do The Blob, Rennie Harlan went on to do Die Hard, and uh, Stephen Summers went on to do the Mummy franchise. Um, and and I think it's from these movies because they they kind of got their little break in them. Um, I do like that they go back to the backstory, even though it wasn't even the last one. Shit. <laughs> um, I think the plot of a. I, I think this movie. Right. I think this movie was out of touch for teens at the time, to be honest, because yeah, there's a lot of teen moms in the '80s. Let's be real, but this isn't something a lot of movies and stuff talked about. Um, and typically, when you wanted to go see teens in the movies, especially horror. You just wanted to see him have sex and get killed. You didn't want to think about one of them getting pregnant and should she keep the baby and 
Um, so I think that was a little out there for audiences at the time. Um, visually, though, I love like the asylum, um, the yeah. weird cradle, even even Baby Freddy. I kind of like Baby Freddy. <laughs> um, it's a boy. It's like I said. It's 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 not my favorite in the series. Um, it's not the worst in the series. Um, it's still good. I like some of the characters. I like the, like the the comic book one was probably my favorite in the in the film. Um, and then we also saw Super Freddy. Oh yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of great things. Fat I like that Freddy. the characters, re, you know, Dan and Alice got to return. So, right on. Right on. So this this film has a lot of bad. It re- I mean, it's enjoyable watch. Don't get me wrong, and I'll watch it. I have no problem with watching watch it. But shit out of her. I, 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 well, it's got Lisa Wilcox, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, she's alive. Brooke these died in this. Um, <laughs> so th- there's a lot of bad in this, uh, and by that I mean we start the film, and Alice is the holdover from part four into part five. And all of a sudden, she's got all these friends that we've never saw in part four. Um, and, you know, they've been friends for a long time. And you're like, well, what? They None of them acknowledge what happened to all the friends and her sibling in the last film. None really. of that bothers me. Yeah. I mean, you kind of have to just shrug it yeah, off, you know? Because of what it is. Well, I think, yeah, they're, I yeah. think they're new friends. The only thing that bothers me is Alice in this movie. Why? why you know, in the last movie, she knew shit was going crazy. And she's just like, Dad, you don't understand. In this movie, she's telling, like, Dan's parents and the doctor, like, yeah. Freddy's coming. And they're like, this bitch crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, this one definitely got a little campier for me. So it didn't, uh, you know, not that part four wasn't a little campy there, but this one really kind of took the cake on a lot of the one-liners and the Freddyisms and all that stuff. As an enjoyable uh, watch as it is, it doesn't have the same chutzpah. <laughs> as the, the anything of the first four films for me. These coasters. Um, yeah, <laughs> this was on the Heroes of the Torah coaster. It says chutzpah. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, I do enjoy this film. It's it's certainly not one of my favorite in the franchise entries, but it does have some really great kills in it. It's a, still a really good story. Um, and you know, I do cosplay as the Super Freddy in this because I think that's you know kind of a cool. Uh, costume that not a lot of people do so i put it together and you know my body type can't get away with freddy but i can get away with super freddy a little bit you know <laughs> so <laughs> you, you got to know your costume. strengths and weaknesses you know um you're the only one i've ever seen do it yeah i yeah. i've only ever seen one other guy do it and it was I, I it's like if you search on google you can find him but um i got into horror hound magazine dressed like super freddy nice. so nice. I didn't know that. yeah yeah it was in what was the issue you told me about um Todd told me out. He said, yeah, new issue's coming out, or it just came out, and you're in it. And I'm like, no way! So I had to go buy it, because I got into the uh, Horror Hounds. Um, you were the centerfold. Yeah, yeah. I like long walks on the beach. Crotchless. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they took pictures of all the people that cosplayed in the costume contest in uh, Horror Hounds, so I was in that. So it was kind of cool. So I had to get a magazine with my picture in it. It was kind of neat. Cool. It's a good film. It's not the strongest. It's not the weakest, but it's certainly an enjoyable watch. Um, I like part five because it adds to the backstory and the mythology and where Freddy came from. I think it does a good job of that. Um, you do see his dad. You see his dad. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, yeah. Oh boy, the the bastard son of a hundred maniacs. That's a traumatizing scene. Son yeah. of a yeah, hundred maniacs. Son it's, of a hundred maniacs. It's oh yeah. So I will say this. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this though. As, I, I'm just like I'm just like caught up in that scene and having as somebody yeah. who. A rape scene will put me off of a movie quick. I think that rape scenes are cheap heat in a horror movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, not group ones, though. However, but this one, there That's was not. Good. It was so much as inferred. You don't get a graphic scene out yeah, of it. That's very but true. yet it feels graphic. It's, yeah. you know, nightmare. it's other, inferred, but it feels nasty. Other yeah. than the two scenes with Joey, there's only those breast scenes. Nightmare doesn't have, like, which nudity and... That was the first thing I ever saw of any of these movies, was the neighborhood kid. His name was Brian. He's like, check this out. Come here. And he had the waterbed scene on VHS. Oh, yeah. and I was like, boobs. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's, it's, it's graphic and terrifying in its simplicity, and it's everything that as kids... Uh, well, except for Vinny, we're all Richmond guys here, but it's it's what you pictured that the Richmond State Hospital looked like. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even though that probably couldn't be further from the truth, right? But it's what you pictured. Um, so uh, yeah, so I like it just because it adds to the backstory and the mythology. Um, I think yeah, it's it's definitely some of the kills are cheesy, they're silly, um, and definitely I am not crazy about Baby Freddy. <laughs> You know, yeah, uh, but you do get the iconic line, it's a boy, yeah. you know. So, um, I definitely changed my opinion from the last podcast on this one. I do enjoy this film, I'm not crazy about it, it's not one of my favorites, but as an right. uh, installation in the, the franchise, I like it. I think, I think, strong point would be visuals too, because there, there's actually a lot yes. of paintings I feel like they took from, like the, the ending where. There's all these staircases, and you know each one is a different. Well, and this is the one where you see all the bodies oh, the, writhing inside of Freddy. Like, the, the, yeah, it's got the Escher style staircases. Yeah. yeah, which was very disorienting to watch. Sure, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean Herschel? <laughs> yeah, take that. Yeah, it's, like, it's, back. The, it's the Escher, and Herscher. Then, uh, also to I mean Labyrinth ripped off Escher with that too. Yeah, Hermagerd. Hermagerd Escher. So. <laughs> So that's all I've got to say about part five. Uh, part five, like I described earlier, I flipped them with four. It's just, there, there, there's still enough in this to warrant watching, special effects-wise, and uh, some pretty entertaining moments, but I do think that it's uh, quite the drop from its the previous entry in my book. Um, and for me, the last gasp of classic Freddy in my book. It really is. You're right. I... I Agree with that. Sure. It did have Kelly Joe Mentor though. Right? She yeah. rocks. Yeah, there's definitely enough good in this that I would still say watch it. Absolutely. You know, if you're enjoying Freddy movies, definitely include it. All right. Nightmare Six. Nightmare on Elm Street. Part six. Freddy's dead. The final nightmare. This, this is where they finally turned seven. over the reins to Rachel Talloway, wasn't it? So so uh what I find interesting is they're like what audiences want is a dark, non-funny Freddy. So let's do that. And then uh, they're like, uh, let's just make a comedy. And not only that, like, <laughs> I, I, you know, I feel like we're all part of, of all these movies we talked about. Because Friday the 13th and, and Nightmare. 
They keep saying the one you've been asking for, the final chapter. I don't remember asking for that ever. Like I was ready for the next movie each time. So who was asking for the final Freddy? Not me. Rachel Talalay, apparently. <laughs> she ruined it. <laughs> yeah. Uh Vinny. <laughs> is this the one you're gonna Oh, this is it. Oh, 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 everybody listen up. Are you ready for me to shatter the earth? Open your ears. The earth. It hurts, my friend. I would rather watch Freddy's Dead than Nightmare 2. What? (laughs) It's controversial, I know. It's controversial, I know. (laughs) And I know, and look, I know. I'm that cat from Puss in Boots, like, (laughs) (laughs) And look. I know that this isn't the best entry in the series, by far. By far. By far. However, this is like, this is the last like, Freddy. Let's have let's have fun with it. It does, now whether I agree with the direction they took or not. I do like the fun part. They add more to the backstory. Whether I agree with the direction they took or not, they add more to the mythos. Honestly, I hate the dream demon shit. Hell. Why is there confusion of who's Freddy's kid is? It looks so dumb. Yeah. A 20-year-old kid or a 40-year-old woman. <laughs> Which one could be Freddy's kid? But, again, I'm not a person who ever minded the humor of Freddy. I never minded the humor either. I just... I never watched... I guess to sum it up now, people are like, this is the Twin Peaks of Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> and I'm just like, when I watched the movie, I was like, uh, Roseanne and Tom Arnold are here, and... I don't mind it. I think I, Freddy and the It's the last one. Good. Let's be honest. Every time they made a movie, it was a step down. A little bit more. But I don't mind... I don't mind the new one, man. I don't mind it. I, I don't mind the last one. Uh, I think the... Uh, I wish that the release on DVD was 3D and the parts that were supposed 3D to be 3D. Was awesome. kid. Because that bullshit. Because oh, that's yeah. what I like about ha- owning J uh, Nightmare on Elm. Oh, God damn it! Friday the Thirteenth 3D is because it came with the glasses and I could watch it. Uh, but I can't do that with Nightmare. Um, but all, all in all, I, it's not great. But I I'll watch this before I watch Nightmare Two. Shatter the Earth. I uh, quote, I, take a quote, next? take a quote from Menace to Society. I feel sorry for your mother. <laughs> <laughs> just, what did you just, say? just kidding. I think uh, for me, Freddy's Dead is the worst in the series. Period. Having said that, though, I've still seen it probably a hundred times, and I still watch it. Watching it marathon mode after watching the up to five, and then you put this one in. It's like, man, what the fuck. So it's kind of good. Watching it on its own is still okay. Watching a ton in the theater. The, the 3D definitely sucked me in as a, as a teenager. So I'm like, you know, you didn't get to see 3D movies in the 90s. So the, the 3D Freddy Vision was cool. Um, the opening scene, I think, is pretty awesome. Even if you... Where he's flying like a witch. Uh, before that, with like the voodoo dolls, and it says Freddy's dead, and... Oh, like yeah. the opening sequence. Yeah, the, yeah. That's yeah, the, a nice the, opening the flying stuff. witch is part of it too. It's cool. Because yeah, I even thought that when I was rewatching uh, it for this, and it it kind of came up. I was like, you know what? Let's have a good time. 
Maybe I was wrong. And, and then uh, three minutes in, I was like, no. Nope. No, and, no. and it does try to be a fun movie, but I think the problem is, is uh, over time, over time, it, it, it just go. it's not as fun anymore. It just... You're not like the, fun anymore. The adults in the town that? suck. Like the whole the whole idea of the town now, like no, not having any children. Have you know? But here's here is an issue I have with it. Ten years in the future, then why the fuck does it look just like the time I'm living in right now, motherfucker? Like <laughs> there ain't no hoverboards. Where's them? Where's them flying cars, bitch? Here's the thing about this. Where's the fidget spinners? <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing about this film. It, it was definitely a chance. It was definitely different. Um, it wasn't as predictable as like parts four and five, how the kills would come. You know, it, it was a little, it was a little, um, I don't want to say more mature, but it was a little, it was a little more. Robert England does say that the Carlos kill is his favorite. In the yeah, episode. I think yeah. that that scene. Nice from you, Carlos. That's the highlight of the of the whole movie. I think. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, for sure. There's some really good stuff in this film, but it's overall, dope, the Jodie Foster looking chick. Like, that shit's kind of heavy, too, where it's like, come to dad. Uh, yeah, where yeah. she's been yeah, it shows, diddled by her dad. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. And, it, and it plays into that sexual predator nature of Freddy. Yeah. yeah. Here, and another thing well, that I haven't mentioned times. thus far, and, and for the franchise as a whole and as Freddy as a whole, that fucking claw is almost as iconic as Freddy himself. Even more so than a machete for Jason. Yeah. Or a knife for Michael Myers. That claw is almost as iconic as Freddy himself. Yeah, isn't this film so much better than Part Four? No, no. <laughs> you shut your mouth. Here's what I really don't like about this film: is the makeup. The makeup looks so awful. It's 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 a G-rated version of Freddy. It really. I is. will agree. With you. It looks powdery. This is it the looks one. awful. It's it's become a Looney Tune cartoon. It really did. Like when he pushes those spikes, oh yeah, it's yeah. just it's totally like Wiley Coyote. Flies like Where the Wicked Witch. Like, it is, but I don't care. <laughs> I I like the humor that Freddie brings. I, I don't I, care. I, I kind of feel like they knew they were poking fun at themselves at this point. Yes, you can. If you, if I think if you look at it from that perspective, you're like, okay, they're kind of in on the campiness but, that is Freddie. But take how they market it that they saved the best for last. Oh, this, this is it. Yeah, well, that's clearly not. And it. they were they were trying to put the thing to bed too. You know what I mean? Well, they did. For a year. <laughs> well, not really. I mean, because a couple years they later, they're like, it. "Hey, Wes Craven, <laughs> we want Freddy to come back." Should we move on then from that segue right there? Yeah, uh, Professor. Well, I fuck the Professor. <laughs> yeah, I've been an out of the door, folks. I don't know what the fuck's going on. No, honestly, though. Uh, if you do enjoy an hour and 40 minutes of Looney Tunes, they have great collections of them. Um, no need to watch this one. Now, I, there's, it's got some moments. It's still got some creative moments, but the humor is just too much for me. On the bus. Like, no, it's great. Like, the, the, the one-liners are at this point. Like, like there's better yeah. one-liners in a maxi pad commercial. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> you think back to how startling part one is. While you're watching this, Freddy's dead. I mean, that's that's it. It's just, I do not get much out of this. I would rather watch Jason X. Oh, fuck you. Oh, fuck oh, you, brother. Fuck you. But not Halloween Resurrection. Oh. <laughs> 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 okay, fair enough. Of the three, I would say Freddy's dead is the best. 
I would three too. of those. I'm with Todd. Yeah, I'll I'll take the the frozen face smash over Tom Arnold. That's just me. So well, we're saying Jason X, <laughs> Resurrection, or Freddy's Dead. I'll take Freddy's Dead every day. I'll take yeah. Freddy's Dead out yeah. of those. I'm alone on that one then. Bunch of marks for Freddy's Dead here. <laughs> <laughs> You're big fans, didn't you just hear? Well, this film is so much better than Nightmare 4. I'll just start out by saying no, that. It's okay to be wrong every now and again. <laughs> uh, because it's it's just as... Uh, Another shitty backstory. Uh, it's just as comical <laughs> with uh, the, the themed kills. Name a kill in Nightmare 4 better than Carlos. All of them. The cockroach was pretty wicked. All of them I love the cockroach. All thing. of them but Rick. That was it. That was like we ran out of money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I asked him when he when, when yeah, we met him. Hated us, I was so. like, yeah, he kind of acted really crappy about it. He's yeah. kind of a he kinda acted interesting cat. When we met him. Yeah, Andres Jones, who, who got killed in part four with the, the imaginary Freddy. We were like, did you feel cheated that you didn't get a like a death scene with Freddy? And he's like. Well, no, and he it's like he had been asked this a billion times. Yeah, bullshit, because I saw Never Sleep Again. Yeah, he he's like, well, himself. my death is the only scene that actually required acting. Oh, fuck. I'm like, oh, ah, fuck, fuck you. What have you been like, in since? That's why we... Bitch! <laughs> <laughs> we sent our love to He's a bartender. Um, sure, great addition to the backstory with Alice Cooper playing Freddy's uh, foster father? Mm-hmm. Or stepfather? Foster father. Foster Hell, father. Maybe that alone trumps Jason X. Come on. Yeah. Alice Cooper. Let me note that down for episode 200. I was, wrong. I was wrong on his that. Wife and then like yeah. the little girl getting taken away. I yeah. don't necessarily like that they. that's supposed to be his motivation for taking away Spider-Man's kids, but no, it is. Already, already I'm started. selling no, y'all slowly. No, he was already... It's still... No. <laughs> he was already killing people. That's what his little girl found out. Yeah. yeah. She's like, that's I won't true. tell. He's like, but you did, bitch. <laughs> I won't tell. Well, so that's me. I like six better than four. I'll let you boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> moving right along. Take your ass to summer camp. Hey, he likes six better than two. Get off me. <laughs> Two's not as good as four, so I can't argue that. Dream on. Dream on. <laughs> Vindicated. <laughs> Is that I... Carrie period blood coming mm. on? So we are to <laughs> Freddy vs. Jason. No, no, no. New we night, are here. New, new, new nightmare. Yes. Part seven. Part seven. Seven. New nightmare. Whew. The return of Wes Craven and Heather Langenkamp. Rye Bones, how do you feel about this? Is a real new return nightmare. to Scary Freddy. Um, I remember watching it when it came out on. I didn't go see it in theaters, but I saw it on on VHS. You know, we rented it from Blockbuster. And it, they they really made a consorted effort to make Freddy not jokey, to make you know the claw, you know the the, the glove look a lot more menacing. Um, I don't know if it's held up as well as twenty whatever years ago when I first saw it, but um, it definitely has a. It doesn't have quite as dark a tone, but it has a tone of like messing with your sense of reality. Like, is this going on? Is this a dream? Is this a you? Sometimes you really don't know. Um, so for its ambiguity, ambiguity, I I like that. All right, hot toddy. Um, I love this movie, but I don't feel like it's a sequel at all because it's it's like meta nightmare. Yeah. Um, very inventive. Thought it was great, but uh, it's not Nightmare Seven. Um, watching it, uh, I thought it was cool. Was when we uh 
when we did the panel and uh at one of the horror hounds right after Wes Craven's passing was his ex-wife talking about one of the movies he kept working on was Hansel and Gretel. And I thought that was really cool because New Nightmare is Hansel and Gretel. Oh, where Freddy's the witch. Yeah. Uh, to even where like the little boys leaving breadcrumbs and uh, I don't know. I thought this was great. Freddy was scary again. Um, I love the makeup's this. great. Yeah, I love this movie, but like to me, it's not exactly Nightmare Seven. It's just like this weird, real life. Like even the book when they yeah. the guy that wrote the book in the book he keeps talking about how things are happening to him as he's writing the book. Because that's the whole point is like, you know, the movies were their own thing. So, cool. That's uh, all I gotta say about that. Good chins up. <laughs> Grizzly and I would talk about how the best three Nightmare movies were the ones with Heather Langenkamp in them Nightmare 1, Nightmare 3, and New Nightmare. As years have gone by, my attitude has slightly changed. I'm not as fond of New Nightmare as I used to be. Only because of the same reasons that I'm not fond of Nightmare 2. It doesn't follow the Craven Bible. Even though Craven is at the helm, it doesn't feel like it's part of the same series to me is it scarier than some of the later entries yes i think they were right in calling it new nightmare than nightmare 7. i agree with you i agree with you uh as a solo piece i mean even though you can't necessarily have it as a solo piece without the others um it's enjoyable and i do enjoy watching it but i almost it falls down the list for me for the same reasons that I don't necessarily care for Nightmare 2. And that's pretty much my take on it. My opinion has changed on it over the past few years. Professor. Pretty much the same as when we did did the original episode. I'm just kind of lukewarm on it. Like, I know that it's a, a well-made film and a good film. It's a good name for a boy band. <laughs> it just... It just... It just doesn't knock my socks off. Like I find it entertaining. I think that scary. Uh, it's it's got some scary moments, and that uh, Freddy's new look is impressive. But at the same time, it's way too long, in in my opinion. I think the gloves overdone. Yeah, and it is. Do, do you know? And I don't think we need to rip it to shreds because it's a good movie. It is. Right. Do you know what the, what the problem is? Is looking back on it as the franchise, it takes away from all the movies. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. if we watch this, and the movies are fake. Right, and this is real actors. Well, and so it's a weird entry in a franchise. And we've already had some stuff done in film in the horror genre where we talk about playing in with fiction into. Yeah, all right. Into <laughs> in reality, something like I Madman, you know, like these movies that that deal with fictional characters and and dealing with coming into reality and getting meta with a lot Stranger of stuff. Stranger than fiction. That too, which we actually reference on the original yeah, on the episode. Original episode yeah. um, but and and Craven would do this again with a little to some extent, and and the screen films, to where with this, I feel like this was less special because of anything to do with Freddy, or the Nightmare on Elm Street films, and more the I, just the concept. Mm -hmm. Like you could have taken that and and said, 
pick a murder and make up something. You know, Victor Crowley. It, it doesn't. It has nothing to do with Freddy, really. Right. It has to do with the idea of blending creativity and fiction that are turning into reality, and that that's where the disconnect is for me, because at this point, what made Mr. Kruger special in the original films, it isn't really relying on this. Now, with that said, I think it's a, it's an excellent made film, and I recognize that you know. It's quality, and it's certainly got traits that are strong enough to make it worth viewing. And certainly, if you want to run through them and pick some of the better ones, this should be, you know, at the end. Watch that. But at the same time, it does lead me just kind of, you know what I mean? I like it, but I don't love it. All right. I'll be very quick. Uh, My opinion has changed just a little bit since the first episode. Um, I was really gushing over this film, but I also acknowledge it's too long. I still maintain that. I think the first hour of this film is fantastic. I love the meta feel. I love Freddy's makeup in this. I love what they're trying to do with it. Um, but again, it's it's 30 minutes too long. And I, I remember that every time I rewatch it, I'm like, ooh, tonight's the night to watch New Nightmare. Hour in, <laughs> totally invested. Last hour. Lord, can we get this over with? <laughs> Why are we still chasing that kid? Yep. <laughs> can someone put a leash on the kid? That kid is back, back on the escalator. escalator. You know, like, it's just that. So I um, almost knocked my mic off. <laughs> the paper towel holder. My mic falls nice. Um, so, yeah, I'll just say that uh, I, I still stick by my original, but I will emphasize more um, that's too long. It's just too long. So, uh that's what I got to say for New Nightmare. Moving into Freddy versus Jason. A fun, fun, fun romp that I enjoy. Uh, I want to give Rybone's first shot at Freddy versus Jason. Um, this is actually one of the only entries I ever saw in the theater. Um, I think it came out in, I think it was like 2003. Yep. Yep. And uh, I went and seen yep. it. i went and seen it in the theaters and it really was kind of what you're hoping for you know for years and years and years and years you're you're wanting to see this showdown and i i just remember watching the end battle and it was so bloody and just so vicious i'm like this is awesome and i i wish there were more i wish there were more after this the the story is is uh interesting um, it's a little convoluted, but it's it's a good way that they got them all to mesh together. But um, I do love this film. I'll watch this film, not as much as some of the others, but uh, I think it's the it was certainly the best they could do at that time with getting the mashup to finally happen. Hot Tommy. Um, this was definitely a, a very highly anticipated movie for myself. And I, I loved it. I think I saw it each day opening weekend. Um, looking uh, looking back, reading like the new book, Slash of the Titans, where they talk about all the different scripts that could have been. I mean, there was there could have been some shitty movies. Like uh, at one point, Freddy's a counselor at Camp Crystal Lake, and he di- <laughs> he diddles Jason and drowns oh, him. Oh my gosh! Uh, he diddles Mrs. Voorhees and then drowns him. Uh, Jason was an Elm Street kid. 
Uh, there's one where Jason's a real life killer. All the movies are fake. Like there was some fucked up like scripts out there. Um, I think they kept overthinking it. So I, I think the movie's very simple, yep. and that's what it needed. Beautiful on its own. My only hang-up, and it's still to this day, and, and even when you talk about here the filmmakers and stuff, is I'm, I'm really confused why Kelly, Kelly Rowland would just freestyle and call Freddy a faggot. Yeah, and, and, surprising. In 2003, you know, an 80s movie, every little kid spouted faggot yeah. at their mom. But in 2003, man, it, it feels so out of place. Yeah. Um, but, man, I, I love Freddy vs. Jason. It's still a fun watch, like, anytime. Even sci-fi when they play it, and I know it's censored, but it's it's just to me such a fun movie. Right on, right on. Voluptuous Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> this movie to me harkens back to like Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Mm. Like this is the clash of two monsters. Like, and this is very much to me a Freddy movie. This is Freddy's movie. Jason is secondary. Yeah. It's called Freddy versus Jason for a reason. Yeah. And that's because Freddy is a character that speaks. And I think that's honestly why he gets top billing and why it revolves more around him because he has more personality. He can Im- he can speak to emote what he's doing. Uh, I love this movie. I have friends who shit all over. And suck them. <laughs> like, it's a good, like, can you it's name... Like the question is, what did you want from this? Yeah, if you, if can you, you name... The opening, the opening scene where Freddy... And, and then the idea, it's like Candyman. Like, if, if, you, if his name's not being spouted out in, in the population, he dies off. Yep. Can you name anything else since uh, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman? Or Godzilla versus King Kong? That is at this level of your two favorite monsters finally coming together. Uh, are there some flaws in the movie? Sure. Why? Sure. But not enough to ruin the experience. Uh, I love this movie. I love watching this movie. I watch it at least once a year. Uh, I agree with you 100% on Kelly Rowland. Here's the question. She may have ad-libbed that. Who decided to leave that in? Yeah, because that's the next All the way question. Up to the studio, exactly. yeah. Who decided right. to leave that in? Yeah, that's what's fucked up. Now, I mean, sure she said it, but to leave it in, final <laughs> say, you that leave it in. Almost, it almost takes you out of the film. Like, sure, what? we yeah. weren't things. Things <laughs> people in the public perception improved quickly. Two thousand three. We weren't that far along yet. And does this not I'm, take you back to a scarier Freddy Krueger? Yeah, very true. Oh yeah, a much yeah, even even visual yeah. visually, Freddy is scarier than he's been. There's way he's got the smart alecky nature, but, but it's when a good balance. but when he's fucking with Jason's mind, it's dirty. You know what I mean? It's it's fucked. He's fucking with a special needs kid. You know what I mean? Like, I love this movie. I love it, love it, love it. Love it. I still love this film. Uh, I just have a lot of fun with it. A lot of fun. Um, I would say the only thing that's changed, um, again, as I said before in a previous episode, it's not perfect by any means, but it's a lot of fun. 
I really enjoy this. I probably watch it at least once a year. Uh, only criticisms since then is over time, I have realized that Ken Kurtzinger is not a great Jason. His makeup is pretty awful, too. Like I, I, felt, like, I felt like they were going... I really felt like Dracula versus Frankenstein. Because I felt like Ken was like a Frankenstein. He was. He was very Frankenstein. He was very blocky like Even the way he walked was very Frankenstein. Yes. Uh, and, and even more so that it was injustice that Kane Hodder did not get this role. Um, Which is the biggest... Like, all the fans wanted wanted Kane Hodder versus Robert England. Yeah. And Jeff Katz has talked about that on yeah podcast where he said, look, the four that Kane were in bombed. Right. We weren't going to... I just... He wanted him. Yeah. And the other suits were like, no. Yeah. Let's try something Again, else. It's, I think I think Kurtzinger is doing bad. other things well, but just in this yeah. role. Just yeah, not. it's a shame. That, yeah. And just, like I said, in the makeup is terrible. Who, who was... Like, uh, he has a bad, like, comb over... Like his hair. Who was he was uh, Jason's victim in, in Jason Takes Manhattan too. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Professor, Freddy vs. Jason. It's just a really fun movie. Nothing's changed since we recorded. You know, last time. It's there's really not to be critical about on this other than just ticky tack things because at, at the core of it, as long as you get what's in that title, who cares. Right. You know, I mean, like I could do without, you know, like the offensive stuff you guys talked about, the the Jason Muse, uh, poor man's Jay which Muse. it's just unnecessary. The movie's and gonna I be fun that without they address it. that and never sleep again. Yeah. They get Jay Muse on there to yeah. talk about it, and he's like, "Wait, I wasn't in this movie." Right. <laughs> but I mean, at the end of the day, even with that stuff, like, who cares? It's, it's a fun this, movie. It makes me like. What did you want? Yeah, just don't watch movies. Because you're, you're not gonna get Casablanca. You wanted, you wanted out of Freddy versus you wanted Jason. Freddy no. versus Jason, and you wanted a fun movie. Yep. And I got both. I Monica Keena played a really great heroin role in this. Yep. Uh, then I think she went on to do heroin. <laughs> My boyfriend sure. Ed Furlong. Yep. <laughs> you know, trade one for the other. All yeah. right, wrapping it up with the Nightmare on Elm Street. Remake. It's not a reboot, as we talked about with Friday the Thirteenth. This is a remake. I'll start this one. Yeah, please. So, I was, you know, after this came out after Friday, right? Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. After watching Friday, I'm like, man, okay. And, and, and it's the same people that did Texas Chainsaw remake, Friday remake, which I liked. Uh, New Dunes? Nightmare. Yeah, Platinum Dunes. So I'm like, all right, you know, and. And, and to be honest, I think there's uh, there's many entries they could still do, but after some of the movies we talked about, it is kind of like, well, you know, it is easier to, to remake or reboot. I think that this movie gets more hatred than it should, because it's not a completely bad movie, but it's not a great movie either. And for me, um, I just went blank on his name, James... Jack, Jack Errol Haley. Haley. Yeah. Frank so... I thought he was a damn good friend. Yeah, I and mean, when you watch The Watchmen, he's scary in that movie. He's scary in little children. Yeah, he's good. Cuts um, his junk off. Great Freddy. I think one flaw is Freddy's too realistic because he looks really like a burn victim where, you know, the other Freddy had more makeup. Like, this one's like, they went for the realistic approach. Great Freddy. I don't think that was the problem. The problem was the kids. Yeah, they don't Na- care. Nancy should have never like Nancy shouldn't have been in the movie. They should have did a whole new idea than try to redo the first film. And again, what I talked about earlier, and the kids were so unrelatable and depressed. And yeah, yeah they got diddled, but 
You did. You couldn't get in the movie and like the kids. You, you didn't like them at all the entire film. Not at all. And so you're not really rooting for Freddy, and you're not really rooting for the kids. And I think that was like the biggest downfall. They could have done so much with this movie. Um, to me, if they would have done the idea of Dawn of the Dead and, and Friday the 13th and Texas Chainsaw, where, yes, Freddy is Freddy Krueger, and here's his backstory, but it's all new kids. It's an all new you know, all new idea of a movie, I think we would have liked it better. And I, I think we could have got away from Robert England for, for this, because it's not like they were making a sequel. So I think, I think to me, the flaw is the kids. And that was the mistake they made. Does anybody, anybody mind if I hop in here? Please. Okay. I think that if this movie had been made by itself, there had been no nothing made previously to it. We... Everybody would be singing a different tune about it. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Jackie Earl Haley looked like a real burn victim. For my tastes, I felt like it was a little heavy-handed on the molestation. Um, there are aspects that I like about this movie, but there are also things I dislike. Can like, I say something else I dislike? Some that, things that are almost might... like frame-for-frame frame remakes. Well, the... They almost made it like he didn't do it. For a minute, yeah. yeah but, they, but who's going to think, we're watching a Freddy movie, there's no way he didn't do it. But here, th this is where I think the problem is. Friday the 13th was successful. The reboot. Mirrors was great. And even though I think Hotter was a better Jason than other Jasons that came before him. Freddie was a speaking role. Robert England owned that role. And when you try to remake that with somebody else, the public rejects it as a majority. Robert England owned that character because his, his acting, his voice, his look, his personality was so much of it. People want to see Robert England as Freddie Krueger. You can get away with other actors as Jason because his face is covered and he doesn't speak. Even though I think Kane was great as Jason. I think that's the major problem with this movie and why people can't accept it as a reboot. is because it's too obvious that it isn't, quote, Freddy playing. I mean, I can see that too, but... You can see it too, but no, I'm I I was pretty oh, much. You said but no. You I, see what I mean? No, though? no. I think I think he's a great Freddy, but I do see that also. Like almost like if they wouldn't have done, cause cause he he wasn't wisecracking anymore. I feel like if uh he was he was certainly scary. Yeah, I feel like they if they they should have probably not even had him talk, because I think. I think like uh, Robert England said it at a panel. Like he did good as I, I think people can't get off that, but Robert England's done with Freddie, unless they pay him some big bones. But I think there could be some actors that could take Freddie's place, but they needed to decide. I don't think they should. I think Robert England is Freddie, and you have to leave it at that. That's why there's not been a sequel. You could have done a sequel to Friday the. So 13th. have you heard Robert England's take of what a new Freddie should be? No. It should be multiple Freddies in one movie. Because it is a nightmare. But at the same time, to me, Freddy is a boogeyman of... So I see all points. I think, sure. to me, the, the biggest thing, and we're not... I think we completely agree on a lot of this. 
Because to me, people wanted old Freddy. Molestation stuff was too heavy. It's too heavy handed. And it, it made the kids unlikable. It's too heavy handed. Because all the kids were like just. It, le- it leaves you without fear and. Uh, uh, what am I looking for? The cure just should have an, done an uneasiness, and instead it leaves you with just discomfort from that kind of subject matter, which is different. Right, Bones? It's like death eating a cracker. Uh, I watched it the first time. I didn't like it. I recently watched it within the last, I don't know, probably six months. Still didn't like it. Um, The Freddy, as we knew it, looked completely different. The makeup looked more like an alien. You know, just the way the the eyes were and everything. Uh, My stance has always been this, and I still stand by it from the first watching. Freddy was always the anti-hero. You oddly rooted for him, you know. Um, hence why, you know, your siblings are sleeping with Freddy dolls and all this stuff. He became the anti-hero. And when you start talking about a character openly fondling children, you don't root for that. Yeah. <laughs> you get really creeped out by it and you get, like, disgusted by it rather than frightened. And it's just it took on a whole different feel that I didn't like. Uh, none of the kids uh, in this in this film are relatable or likable, which is surprising too. That it has to be with the direction because it's a very talented cast. Yeah, but they did. Yeah, I like they're the, all just I like flat. The yeah, it's just like blah, I'm that fodder for Freddy. You know, yeah. um, no, I, not one moment of this film hit the mark for me. I think that I think that that he shouldn't have been related to the children in the movie. Like the original, there's a deleted. I don't think that would have helped. There's a deleted. I think it would have because there's a deleted scene in the original Nightmare where they explain to Nancy that she wasn't the only child. Yeah. And so her older sibling was done by Freddy and murdered by Freddy, and it didn't need to be said. Well, for my money, I'd I'd probably never watch this again, and I own it. I got it for like two bucks at a Which, used you know, place or something. They are talking about rebooting again, and I'm like, Freddy is that one. I would love to see. Let's be honest. They need to just go. Here's the money you want, Robert England. Because remember, remember after Freddy, who cares? Remember Freddy too? He's like, there will not be another Freddy, and they kept giving him more money. And then he'd be like, this is the last time I'm doing Freddy. And then they'd pay him more money. So just give him more money. Somebody's phone that's going wacky. Going off as the Power Rangers. Oh, they might be Carrie's. I don't know. That's Buffy, yeah, right? Oh, Buffy. Then that's definitely Gary's. Yeah, we're talking about the remake. Just continue. All right. So, uh, real quick, uh, my opinion has changed drastically on Talk this one. <laughs> um, I uh, in the the first round, I said I that I did like this mm-hmm. remake, and now I don't. Uh, what? Yeah. Oh. Are you Bitch. drunk, Vinny? A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. You were. A little bit you were. Do that answer your question? Yes. Um, so, I, I did like this remake the first time around, and now um, I don't. It's it's pretty. It feels. I don't know. It feels cheap in some See, ways. See, after listening to the previous one, I felt like I should watch it again. Okay. No, I don't know if I should. <laughs> yes, I wouldn't um, bother. Jackie Earl Haley is a great actor. Um, 
the whole movie's filled with great actors. Yeah. I don't I don't blame yeah. any of the actors or anything. And, it's just the direction, I think, and overall. And unlike you, Hot Toddy, I do like the bait and switch. Like, they made you feel like maybe he wasn't a child. That was the only thing I, I for a part of the film, went, you got my mind working. Yeah. And that's 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 the only thing so I like did like about it. So like maybe revenge because he was innocent. Right. Yes, I did like that. Here's something that that disappoints me. There's so many deleted scenes from this film, which tells you right there that they didn't know where they wanted to go with it. But one of the uh, the, the there's an opening alternate scene where it starts where Freddy takes his last breath and dies. Yeah. So right. yeah, I, I don't know. I think there's more that could be done with it. I would. I still want to see more Freddy. Professor, like, we get to watch James Bond thirty-seven. Why can't I have another Freddy? Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm much less forgiving of this now as <laughs> yeah. as more time goes. Yeah, same here. You just you don't need it. Yeah. It really doesn't bring it up to the table Shit, to want to watch man. that more than any of these originals. And it didn't lead to fuck all afterwards. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's just like it certainly has some talent in the film. You know, with the people in it, um, I like you know the makeup on him. But at the end of the day, I mean, is there ever going to be a time where you're like, you know what? I'd rather watch Jackie Earl Haley than Robert England. No, nope. and the answer is no. Never. Unless yeah. you have burned through all of these films and you have to watch every one because yeah. you're obsessively wanting to marathon it, then I get it. Or you're wanting to do a remake, marathon style. Okay, but otherwise, it's just. It's unnecessary. They just they just didn't do enough with it to warrant fully embracing. It, it was it. one of the worst remakes of, of recent years of, of like a lot of the remakes that came out. Yep. All right, wrapping up a marathon. Number one hundred though. Milestone. A big cheers to a hundred. Friends listening, I hope that you have enjoyed listening to 100 episodes as much as we have enjoyed recording them. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun being at cons with you, being out and about on the town, uh, and here's to 100 more. So, Damn right. uh, friends, uh, closing out. Nightmare on Elm Street franchise revisited. 100th episode. I'm Grizzly Abner. I'm joined by... Professor Wagstaff. Hi, Toddy. Rye Bones. Venomous Vinny. And we're all Stay still friends. Stay scary. Yeah, yeah.